Why was I going to say hello from the future? We were not in the future. We, hello from the past. Hello from the past. F- talking to the future, which will make sense in a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> we had... It's not our first Australian interview, but I think it's our first that it was like Australia was a day ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are currently... It's almost 8 p.m. here in the U.S. And it was morning for our guest which is kind of weird and kind of confusing and time zones make my brain hurt when I think about them too hard but this is not a a time zone podcast this is a band interview podcast and today we are this is the worst segue I've ever had no this is good Uh, today we're talking (laughs) can you imagine if there was a time zone podcast (laughs) dude Um, that'd be really don't there would only be 24 episodes so you know not not a lot of longevity to it. No, but you know, it could happen. Anyway, we are talking to Emmy Mack, lead vocalist of the band Red Hook, which I was already digging before we even got the email mm-hmm. because they came up on a Spotify recommendation one day. Um, you guys listening should totally check them out. They're incredible. They just dropped their debut album, Postcard from the Living Hell, which we we obviously talk about in the interview. Um, it has the coolest album art that I think I've seen all year. It's like a vintage postcard from hell. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna let past us get into it through the magic of editing. So I'm Leah. And I'm Bethan. And this is Shuaraku. Where are they getting a dub in a CBS executive meeting? No. Bitch, don't touch my thermostat. <laughs> the ghost be like, hold up, before I haunt you, let me turn down the thermostat. Who is this band? We're on page one, guys. This is Shiwaraku. Well, tonight, or morning, for our guest, we are joined by Emmy Mack from Red Hook. She is based in Australia, which is why I said morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you from the future. You do great research, Leah. Yes, it's it's you know it's tough to be a podcast host here. Um, so I guess to start, Emmy, give us the elevator pitch of who is Red Hook. Uh, so Red Hook are is my band. We're from Sydney, Australia. We're a hundred percent independent, and we play. I guess like heavy music across a, a spectrum of styles and influences and we don't yeah we're we're a bit weird we're fun we're wacky and we don't like to be sort of put in a box <laughs> we love weird here we yes. embrace the weird absolutely Excellent. so how did you guys get started as a band um it's, it's a weird story um so uh, Red Hook was a project that kind of spawned from the ashes of my old, like, 80s-inspired hair metal band. Um, it just kind of weirdly mutated from that into this other thing um, after... Basically, I had, like, this shredder guitarist who um, moved interstate, and then we had this big show that we were, like, supporting Motley Crue, and um yeah we just know they i couldn't find another guitarist that could play mm-hmm. his part so we were kind of forced to just kind of change the sound and change the vibe of the music and then i just 
was like, I should probably change the band name since it's a completely different band now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that was that was kind of like the origin story of, of Red Hook. That was kind of a couple of years before we released our first single. So there was a, a long time of kind of self-realization and experimentation and, and figuring out what the fuck, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted the, the band to be. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of the story. <laughs> Yeah. Well, obviously, you guys figured it out because you just dropped your debut album. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, it still feels very surreal that we finally finally did it, put on the big boy pants and and drop drop the debut LP, but it's been it's been wild, man. It's been a wild ride. I am obsessed with the cover art. Uh for those of you listening, the album is called Postcard from Living Hell, and it's got this little skeleton and a floaty. Such a good name. <laughs> Such a good name. <laughs> I always want to send that to my enemies, like a postcard from hell. It's like a glitter bomb, but worse. (laughs) Yes. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a a really cute little fuck you. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's a a merch item for you guys. Actual postcards to send your enemies. Oh my gosh. Get Dante Inferno graphics. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Patent like, pending, patent pending. Fr- like free tarot cards, but evil. Yes. I love it. I love it. We can workshop. Let's workshop this more later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so speaking of the skeleton and the floaty and postcard from Living Hell, what was the inspiration behind the album concept? Um. Yeah, well, I guess all of the songs of the LP are kind of, it's a very like, kind of dystopian record like a lot of the songs deal with like a lot of really heavy themes like around sort of mental health trauma mm. um you know like emotional abuse like a lot of like really sort of heavy stuff but um I really liked the I, I don't know I just kind of came up came up with this concept postcard from living hell more as a lyric in the um in the sort of opening the album opener um postcard xo and then I just thought that was a really beautiful title from the album for the album because, like, just conceptually, like when you think of a postcard, right? It's um, yeah, like it's something that you send from a place that you're just visiting. And I thought that was a sort of really beautiful way to, um, I guess, kind of sum up the album because even though a lot of the songs are very dark and heavy, mm-hmm. um, it, I guess like the overarching message that I, I hope people take away from it is one of hope. Because, you know, it's a lot of the time when we're dealing with these really, really heavy experiences and emotions, it can feel like there's no way out. Um, but there always is, you know, it's it's always temporary. And um, I thought the postcard concept kind of encapsulated that. And, it, it, and it very much so in my life, because, you know, in a way, it's kind of a postcard, like, myself or like from my past self because a lot of these songs um I don't relate to anymore because I'm I'm out of that Mm. sort of dark sort of abyss (laughs) that I was in when I wrote a lot of these lyrics um so yeah that's that's kind of I guess the um the the meaning behind um that title that's amazing that's so cool I listened to this album twice through this weekend, driving home from DC, and I was thinking, how am I gonna ask questions about this? Because ideally, we talk through through every song and you know the meaning behind it, but we don't have that kind of time. Um, <laughs> so I thought about approaching it a little differently and kind of asking 
superlatives for the songs in the album. So starting with which was the easiest song to write? Ooh, the easiest song to write. Oh, what would have been the easiest song to write? I'm just saying, I mean, off off with your head came together. Like, I mean, it's just such a little short, punchy one. And it was just, I feel like when I'm pissed, pissed off, like it's it just sort of comes, the lyrics and like everything just comes really, it's really your easy. Like, it's yeah, your like we, we smashed that demo together so quickly um, and just like this little one minute demo. And then it just, you know, we took it to our producer and then we, and then all of a sudden it was just like this this crazy punchy little angry song and yeah it was yeah it was pretty pretty effortless that's nice. pretty cool uh the flip side of that is what was the hardest song to write the hardest song to write was undeniably imposter um because it like it started off as like a completely different song it had a completely different vibe it was a lot heavier um a lot of the lyrics were the same but like and the pre-chorus was the same but it was yeah it had a completely different vibe but I loved the lyrics and I loved the concept and everyone wanted to give up on on this song because it was it was in the too hard basket but I was like Mm -hmm. no like I need to I need to write this song like this needs to be a song like I just the message and like it just like I just wanted to get it out of me I just wanted to get it out there um but it was like it felt like beating our heads against a brick wall for a while because I just could not write a chorus like we had like this chord progression and I just could not write a chorus that I liked so we ended up just like kind of putting the demo aside and then my producer and I just sat down with an acoustic guitar and then we just like had a completely new key completely just wrote a chorus from scratch that was completely different and then just kind of took bits and pieces from the original demo and kind of assembled them around Mm -hmm. it and it like took us all day and it was and I thought it just felt like it wasn't going to happen but at the end of the day like we came out with this song that was that is you know one of my absolute favorites off off the record now so I was really glad that we persevered (laughs) yeah I love that you kind of were just like we're gonna figure out what works for this that's really cool I feel like some people just hear it a certain way and they're like no it has to be this way but then sometimes you need to think outside of the box to get something to work totally and it's really like it can be a very painful process because you get demoitis and you get attached to different things that are like in the demo and you have to be willing to part with those and let them go and it's just a game of kind of figuring out what's important to you and what you really really want to keep and Mm -hmm. for me that was that was the lyrics more than anything like it was the lyrics of the song it was the message of the song that I that I wanted to get out there and you know the music and the melodies and stuff I was you know I I was like okay we can change those as long as long as like the meaning's still there yeah so it was it was it was a very it was very rewarding when we finally got it to a point where it was a bagger (laughs) (laughs) nice that transitions nicely into the next one of favorite lyric on the album. Favorite lyric on the album. Um, ooh, I think I'm going to have to, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, a lyric from Inarticulate, which is kind of like the the big ballad on the album. Um, 
which never got released as a single, but uh, I feel like the lyric kind of sum, sums up, I guess, a lot of like the ethos of the record, which is um, strange how we all suffer together, thinking we all suffer alone, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I think that that really just kind of sums up this really, really heartbreakingly tragic irony with mm. a lot of like depression and a lot of mental health stuff, which is that it's so isolating and it makes, and like going through those things makes us feel at times completely alone. Whereas ironically at the same time, so many of us are going through these experiences together. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted this record to do more than anything was to hopefully break down some of those feelings of, you know, isolation and loneliness mm-hmm. that anyone um, who can relate to any of these songs might be going through. So that's that's probably got to take the cake as my favorite lyric. That's an amazing lyric. <laughs> it's the kind of <laughs> lyric you. that people get tattooed on themselves. <laughs> oh, there's been a there's been a few. It's been crazy. <laughs> That's they move fast. <laughs> oh man, it's oh it's mind blowing. Like there's not. It's the biggest. It's yeah. It's the craziest kind of compliment that you can get is somebody getting your lyrics tattooed on their body forever. It's still yeah. It blows my mind. That's that's amazing. That's so cool. Uh, what is a song that has the craziest behind the scenes story? Uh, uh i the craziest i'm gonna <laughs> probably say low budget horror and i haven't really told this this, this is a story i haven't really told ooh, yet ooh. um exclusive exclusive um it's kind of a fucked up story well, it's like yeah it's a little bit fucked up <laughs> i mean so i was with so it's about this experience that i had uh that happened during lockdown and I was like with my ex-partner at the time who uh, I would go on to write this song Imposter about. But at this point in time, things were still pretty fresh and I was ignoring a lot of red flags. And basically someone, a, a random beautiful stranger on the internet drew my attention to there was this uh, some person had created a secret Instagram account where they were blogging their attempts at homewrecking my relationship. Holy and like, shit. Literally, I like posting screenshots of them sexting my boyfriend at the time. And like, it was just, it was just so crazy to me. I think like the, the overarching emotion that I felt at first was just shock. Like, how can anybody be fucked up enough in the head to do something like this? Like, to literally create an Instagram account to publicly, like, chronicle their attempts at sabotaging my relationship and my life. Like, it was so strange. And then after I kind of processed it, um, low-budget horror was kind of me... Just kind of like because you know it didn't at the time I was it was it's just me kind of giving their attempt at like sabotaging me like a like the worst like the worst dodgiest shittiest horror movie you've ever seen like cool try bro like you got me mm-hmm. kind of thing and it's just it's just kind of like using that metaphor of kind of give like it's like this really shit horror movie and me giving it like a really terrible review <laughs> and a lot of. 
and using a lot of really geeky movie references along the way, which was also really fun. So it's kind of, yeah, just kind of like a cheeky fuck you. I Um, love that. yeah. That's like the best way to deal with the situation. Like someone's trying to raise hell in your life and you're just like, eh, one and a half stars. Like it didn't really catch me. Thumbs down. Literally. Yeah, The no, plot I was mean, it's the a same. bit, Like, literally, that's what it's like. Yeah, a bit derivative. <laughs> Like, you know, I've seen um, this film before. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cliche. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a so much better answer than I anticipated. I was like, oh, she's going to tell me a story about their recording and someone did something weird. No, that was that was way better than I could have hoped. Yeah, I haven't told I haven't told that story before. So that's 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 amazing. for thanks That's all for yours. sharing it on our podcast. Yes, I have to say Oh that my pleasure. Thank you for asking. might be the most insane thing anyone's <laughs> ever said during an interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it. so wild, man. People have people are messed up. Speaking of insane, I heard you guys <laughs> just wrapped a very crazy tour. we did. Yeah, well we've I mean, we've been on tour pretty much for like the past three months straight. So we just haven't stopped. So I'm I'm surprised that I haven't like I we've I got home probably about like 36 hours ago. We flew Oh, back geez. from Oh. from Europe. Well, we flew back from Europe and we flew straight to far north Queensland and played a festival very, very, very jet lagged. Um and then we got home like two nights ago. So um I think my, my head's still spinning a little bit. Like I don't think I've come back down to reality yet. No But kidding. um yeah, it's been it's been amazing. It's been a wild, crazy journey. <laughs> Any fun stories from tour? Oh my god. I think um all right, okay, strap in for this one. <laughs> Um, this I is how like I like every fucking story to begin. yes. Oh my god. So um it all begins in the Czech Republic. We played um this festival. It was the first time ever there and we loved it. And we played this festival there, which was amazing. But while we were on stage, I don't know, some um degenerate scumbags made their way into our green green room. What? And I was and I learned a, a very valuable lesson from this. I was keeping my passport on me because I was like, I don't want to leave it in the van in case the van gets broken into. But then it was in my handbag in the green room. And yeah, someone stole my passport out of my handbag in the green room. Um, so I was in Europe without a passport. And like, yeah, so we had like this crazy itinerary because we're like, we're DIY, we do everything ourselves. So it's literally just the four of us in a van driving all over Europe ourselves. Like we don't have a crew or a team. It's just like the four of us doing everything. And um, we didn't really have any sort of time off. Like, so... I needed to figure out, We, I was, you know, like we were scrambling, just being like, okay, I need to get to an embassy in Europe somewhere to get this new emergency passport. But then also you have to like, so you, you go to the embassy and you have the appointment, but then you need to return to that same embassy to pick it up in 48, like it takes at least 48 hours. So I was like, where the fuck in Europe can we go that I like, <laughs> that I can like get the passport and then return And then we figured out that the be we had a few shows in Germany, so we figured out the best place was Frankfurt. So I went and I got the passport, like ordered it, and that was fine, went through all that process. 
And then the only day that I could do it, we were staying in a place called Bochum and we had a show with Stan Atlantic there that night. So I had to get pay, take the train and get to Frankfurt and back, which was probably about a seven-hour round trip oh, like, before this show. And, like, I left so early and, like, they only had, like, a 2 p.m. appointment. It was the only time I could get. So I was like, okay, like, that should give me enough time, like, to get to get back in time for sound check to the show. Anyway, everything was going well. Everything was going great. I was on the train home. And this is the thing with me, like technology just kind of decides to shut down whenever I'm involved. Like it's literally, it's literally a thing. (laughs) And, um, And especially like, I think there's a saying like, you know, runs like, you know, something so, so efficient that it runs like the German train network. Yeah. Um, there was a fire on the tracks, which shut down the entire, and I didn't know this at, at the time, like the train just stopped. And then it was just stationary for like an hour and a half. And I had no idea what was going on because all the announcements were in German and I do not speak. I can say oh about three things in German. Gosh. So I was like panicked, like messaging the crew, like, like our team just being like, guys, I don't think I'm going to make sound check. And then and I was like, I don't know what's going on. The train's just stopped. And then all of a sudden the train starts up again but starts going back in the opposite direction. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I was like, and I asked this nice man sitting next to me and he's like, I think it's going back to Frankfurt. Oh, my God. Then I was just like, guys, I'm going to miss this show. Like there's no way, like even if the boys drove and came and picked me up, there's no way we'd make it back in time for the set. I was like, I'm fucked. Like my goose is cooked here. Like there's there's nothing, there's nothing I can do. And then the train stopped again and I'm just like frantically messaging the boys like, I don't know what's going on. They're panicking, I'm panicking. And then um, finally like the train starts going back in the original direction. But it's but all the all of the stops that it was supposed to stop at are like X'd out and I don't work, know where it's gonna stop. And then I figured out that like if I went to this other train station that I can't pronounce, that like one of the boys would be able to come and pick me up. And like it was half an hour from from the town and the venue we were playing. And I literally got there like 20 minutes before the set just did like the superman like quickly getting oh changed my into my into my stage clothes and then just like fucking getting on stage and like long story short made the set but it was jeez a nightmare. that is some <laughs> i will say though getting 20 minutes there and still getting dressed that's some musician professionalism like oh like God. if i was in your like if i was wearing this hoodie, i'd be like fuck it we're going on and if it gets hot it's coming off i don't know what the fuck's under it we'll find out oh, you know what i'm saying <laughs> i was just like i can't like for me, I'm just like, because uh, I was like wearing shorts and a little top and I'm like, I can't go on stage in this. I will have a wardrobe malfunction. I'll flash the crowd and get cancelled. And if Fair. I'm in these shoes, like I was wearing boots, I'm like, if I try and like jump around in there, I'm going to eat shit. So I just, <laughs> I ha- like I have to have time to get changed. Even if- but yeah, oh my goodness. It was very that. like a mi- mission impossible, just <laughs> race against time. Um, yeah, lots of fun. <laughs> Lots I'm of good times. So jet lagged, yeah, stress from passport situation. Like, I am so impressed that you're talking to us right now after yeah. living through <laughs> like my worst crises that my dreams come up with. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's so fail. <laughs> also, I, this may just be a rumor that was told to us. Were you guys doing shoeies on the regular? 
Oh, my God. No, no, <laughs> never, never. And I'll tell you why. Because, um, I mean, sh- like, shoeys are one of those things. I, I don't know outside of Australia how if people view Australians as, like, this shoe. Because, like, so many times when international people come to Australia, there's always, like, a couple of dickheads in the crowd that, like, chant for a shoey. But mm-hmm. I was peer pressured into doing one a couple of years ago on stage in Perth and like my bandmates, I will never let them leave this down because I was saying like, no, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then they just kept like playing, like as everyone was chanting and I was like, fine, fuck you. I'll do the stupid shoey. Anyway, got gastro for a week. Oh, so do not recommend. That's exactly what do I not expect to happen. <laughs> do not drink beer out of a Jeez. filthy shoe. Feet are disgusting. There's so yeah. much bacteria. Don't do it, okay? <laughs> it's a bad decision. <laughs> all right, now that we're all nauseous, uh, before <laughs> I throw it to Oh, the it's my turn. Thank, thank for, you for that. <laughs> for the lightning round questions, where can people find you and the band online? Online? um, It's just at We Are Red Hook on literally everything, all the socials. Um, yeah, just... Red Hook, I mean, like, we don't have, I don't know how good our SEO is. I didn't actually realize that Red Hook was the name of a a, a place in, in New York when we named it. It is. So that was I know Red Hook, New York is. If you type in Red Hook Band, I think depending on your, uh, out, the algorithm or whatever, it might come up with, like, Red Hook School Marching Band. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we are just, so at, we are Red Hook on, on all the things. Like and subscribe. <laughs> I love that. Okay. First song, uh, first song, first question out of the gate. (laughs) (laughs) Who would be your dream to collaborate with like for a song? Oh man, I would have to, it's a two-way tie. I mean, I feel like this is a cliche answer, but I'd have to say like, bring me the horizon. I would love to Excellent. work with Brittany. With some Ollie nice Skies vocals. Come on. Oh yes, please. That would be amazing. And or like, my chemical romance would also just be like yes. I would I, I would literally die. I would quit. I'd be like, there is nothing. <laughs> we peaked. There's nothing we can do now. I'll tell you what. Night. I'm gonna go see Bring Me the Horizon in a couple weeks with Fallout Boy. So like oh I'll like God. sneak into Ollie Sky's green room for you. I won't steal anything and I'll be like, hey, <laughs> don't steal I have <laughs> this friend and she's oh my great. gosh. You're gonna love her. <laughs> You should I love burn plan. a yes. physical CD and just leave it there. Like oh the God, olden days. Yes. Old okay. Okay. We'll burn a CD. I love it. I'll draw a bunch of like stars and Sharpies and I'll yep. be like, listen to this. Listen to this. I, I got you. I, I love it. I, got I love you. it. You might also have to give him a CD player to listen to it on. Just for, like, <laughs> Um, no, a, a CD walker. That you know what I mean. If, I, gotta, if we're going if old school, someone gave me a CD, I'd be like, "How do I even listen to this?" <laughs> My laptop does not have a disc drive. No, no, it's mine. No, but look, I love the energy. I love the concept. Please, yes, you have my full blessing. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll start working on the plan for you. Second question: you. Are there aliens? Are there aliens? Yeah. Give me your hot take. My hot take is, look, I don't, um, I don't know how I feel about like, I'm not like the the tinfoil hat, like aliens built the pyramids kind of thing. 
um like you know anal probes ufos i don't i don't know i would love i would love to have a beer with tom from blink 182 and just yes. his brain about <laughs> oh all that my shit God, like yes. literally if i could have a beer with anyone it would be tom DeLong. that's but funny. but but i think like you know the universe is vast and limitless. I think it would be pretty narcissistic to assume that we're the only intelligent life in this entire universe that we have such little understanding of. I, I like, I definitely like, I, I feel like the, yeah, like the, the likelihood is much more that we're like not alone in the universe. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, I love that. So I do. I love hearing like, the- like theories and, and oh yeah. Stuff. That. And Tom's it's, got the theories. Let me tell you, like, he's got theories up the yin yang. He's, he's like, he's, I was seen things, dude. He's so, seen some shit. I just saw Blink Way too. Funny enough, uh, all did the bands. Really? I did. I saw him at Hershey Park in Pennsylvania, and oh the God. dude had like a five minute set on Aliens. And I'm like, God bless this band. The fact oh, that man. they are just like <laughs> they are drumming it up, and people were holding like the blow up alien dolls like in the. That's- the the aliens exist. Ah, oh, I'm so it. I'm so jealous. I'm so blink. They're not coming to Australia to like next year. So oh man, wait. you gotta go. The to FOMO it. It is a, real. <laughs> it was a great fucking show. You you definitely gotta Amazing. go to it. Um, and make sure you get that beer with Tom DeLong. I will. Yeah, I'll sneak into his green room and give him a <laughs> There you go. See, see, we're just we're just sitting here coming up with great tactics. Great tactics. I love it. <laughs> It's a strategy. This is like not, this is not an interview. It's a strategy meeting. Yeah. This, this is exactly right. Like we both work in marketing. <laughs> that's, this is true. Yeah. This is what we do love it. day in, day out. <laughs> okay. I love point. it. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's it. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, the third question. If you had to write a song about any Zodiac sign, which one would it be? And bonus points will be awarded if you come up with a title on the spot. Ooh, you're really stretching my brain on that one. Um, yeah, we don't I, we don't ask what your favorite color is here on this podcast, because frankly, <laughs> we don't care. Zodiac, <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, well, I'm an Aquarius. So, I mean, I write about what I know. So it'd probably have to be, I'd probably have to be Aquarius. Um, but, but I mean, like, I feel like I'd just be ripping off the band, the, the classic '90s pop band Aqua, because like I think oh, all true. of their all of their songs were like I'll do like a, what was that? What were some of their songs? Like I think their album was Aquarius. Literally, yeah, they had an Aquarius album. Girl, so <laughs> <laughs> I think I just call it. I think I just call it Psycho Aquarius, and then it'd it'd just be like an autobiographical yes. self roast. <laughs> I love that. That's a perfect name. And then Excellent. our quintessential question of the podcast if you were a cereal which one would you be and why like a breakfast cereal mm-hmm. Ooh, i'd be oh cereal dude i like haven't eaten cereal for breakfast since i was a kid but my favorite cereal i don't know if they have like the i know like the difference between a cereal in Australia and cereal in the States. Do you guys have Cocoa Pops? Yeah. Just yeah. just like a chocolate milkshake, only crunchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great way to yeah. explain it. 
Yeah, I'm into Cocoa Pops. I like how, because they're versatile, you can have them cold with just like cold milk or like in winter, you can like heat them up and it it's like a hot chocolate with like, you know, little, they like the Cocoa Pops get really soggy, but I'm kind of into it. That you I know? Know. I've never, never done that, nor have Dude, you got to try it. That's a great idea. Got to try it. It's great in winter. I mean, I can't, I can't, um, you know, testify as to the, like the health and nutritional value of like, <laughs> heated up cocoa pops but it's a good time you gotta try it at least <laughs> sounds amazing we're here for a good time not a long time <laughs> exactly. anyway amen amen sister <laughs> well this has been such a fun conversation thank you so much for joining <laughs> us this morning in your part of the world thank you thank you thank you guys for having me <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like this show. Special thanks to Death of Fawn for our intro riff. You can visit our website at shewillrockyou.com. There you'll find links to our social, the show notes, and a place where you can contact us. Other than that, don't do drugs. <laughs>